This is the Lundahl Performance Podcast Extra. podcast extra we want to talk about a subject that's kind of near and dear to us and hits right at the core of why we started this podcast in the first place we've been asked by a lot of people and you know we've gotten some lighthearted ribbing for doing it because even though we're we're now averaging a couple hundred downloads a month which hey it's better than zero which we had in january so i'd say we're on the up and up but it's still a drop in the bucket you know um but we're playing a long-term game to build awareness of our message, our philosophy. And it's mainly the the ultimate goal and the way we see it as the most functional and the most rewarding is that when customers and people who come work with us or have their horses trained can use our content to get in tune with our mindset, have a better understanding of what we're doing, where we're coming from, just get into the entire philosophy that we're going after. And we've kind of we've been thinking for a long time about this and about the need on our end just to do our job well and to really, uh, and it, it goes with ethics too, just to do a good ethical job in this business. It really requires a long-term relationship with the customer because we're not selling cars here. You know, horses are living, breathing animals. There's a lot of, you know, quote unquote, moving parts going on. Things change, things you know, on a day-to-day basis, it seems nothing is ever constant with horses. And if you don't invest a lot of effort and time into a long-term focused relationship with a client, getting them on board with your program, getting their competency built up and helping them long after the fact, well, then you're going to burn bridges. Things are going to go wrong. You're just going to create more problems for yourself. It's a uniquely challenging business to be in. So, And where this really crystallized and why we wanted to put this extra together aimed at younger professionals like ourselves and aspiring younger trainers and kind of our advice there is that Luke, you were having a conversation the other day with a friend of ours. He's, he's a horse trainer. He's a clinician. I'd say he's, he's very much on our level as in terms of experience and background and skills. And you were having a conversation with him recently and he brought up some good points just about the types of pitfalls that you're going to deal with that are unique to the horse business as a young professional, you know, the unrealistic expectations that you face in some cases and how the horse business is so different from corporate America. Right, exactly. And I think having a long-term mindset is really the key um, and something that I know myself personally and probably you as well, uh, before we went out and got any further education or training, um, it w- it was always the short term mindset, like training a horse thirty days and getting that check, and that was you know, you, oh yes, you know, you know, making that money training those horses, you know, that sort of thing, and so you would overlook a lot of red flags in accepting horse for training or you know taking horse in that someone's like, hey, put two weeks on it, and I want this and this and this done. You're like, oh yeah, sure, and then you you know, a week and a half in, you realize, man, I way over promised. I should have just turned down however much that was. And 
you know, not burnt that bridge because you sometimes put yourself in situations where it's a no win, where if you have that more longer term mindset, you can kind of control the narrative in a way, if, if that's really the word I'm looking for, where you can kind of control which horses you take in, which ones that you refuse. And while you may turn down more, more than maybe you would like, it will set you up for better success in the long run because you preserve your reputation. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, you know, put your reputation in danger for however many dollars you're going to make training a horse. It's not, it's not worth it in the the long term. And one thing that that he brought to mind, which I thought was a a good little analogy of why it is, you know, so difficult and maybe not difficult, but just so different vastly than the corporate America type mindset, because his, he was talking with his dad on, on the phone and his dad brought up, he's like, well, you know, at least you're lucky. He had been having some struggles at work and whatnot. He's like, well, at least you're lucky. You just got to go out there and work with horses. It's just no pressure, relax, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, are you kidding me? There's even more pressure. He's like, imagine if you have to, um, make up a report for all the, the big wigs in the company and you have like three weeks to get that report done or a month to get that report done. And every day you work on that report. And then every night that report just magically like transforms. Pages go missing. Pages end up in the shredder. Sentences get jumbled and reversed. Words get jumbled or even just they just disappear. And so then every morning you've got this mess of a report on your desk and now you have to go back and sort through, okay, what is missing? Where is it missing? What ended up in the shredder? What do I need to rewrite? Blah, blah, blah. And you need to go and fix all the pieces every single day. You have to maintain your report as you're putting it together throughout. <laughs> and even during the day, as you're doing stuff, when you go get a coffee break and you come back, you have to backtrack a little bit because some of the things that you were typing up got deleted while you were gone there for a little bit. Then imagine the the night before your or the day the night yeah the night uh, your report is due the next day and that night before you put the report away it's good to go it's as good as you're going to get it that night again it jumbles itself rearranges itself so you have to show up early the next morning because you know that the report won't be a hundred percent where it was when you left it so you have to tune up your report and then when you go to present your report that day. In the process of giving your speech and reading your report, pages are trying to work their way out of your hands, sentences are rearranging, words are disappearing as you're talking, or letters are jumbling around, and you have to rein all that in and maintain that while giving the speech. And then to top that off, you almost have to teach the people you're giving the speech to, your bosses in that that situation, you almost have to teach them the English language in a way. So you're not only telling them what's in the report and the state of their company, but you have to also explain to them what words, certain words mean, not all of it. They have a general understanding, but you have to explain to them what certain words means, what the context of this is. And like have, have an English class going while at the same time giving a report about this company. It's a very, you know, far vastly different situation than your typical corporate America horse training is. Yeah. Well, that's where the temptation I think lies to just literally get the training done and, you know, do not 
even address any of those other touch points because it's it's hard to to get the job done with the horse and keep all that under control and keep a lid on it while also educating your client about everything you're doing trying to transfer some of your knowledge and exercises and effective things that they can do to them you've sometimes got to teach them the terms or the lingo or the philosophy behind what you're doing and some people are receptive and some aren't in some cases but you you actually shared a image on twitter actually at the very beginning of the year which i thought is very very pretty much sums up our philosophy on this and it was something to the effect of 2018 the year to take full responsibility and that's kind of what our goal is in in our business is we're we're doing we're taking a full spectrum approach and being responsible not only for the training but trying to educate our customers about what we're doing and why and really going in depth and having that long-term mindset which you know like you said if you approach your business and and kind of vet clients and and horses you bring in and you're a little bit pickier and you have some standards like that you're going to end up turning away a lot of business i think in this in this industry if you're not turning away a lot of people you're not doing it right you know because there's a lot of people that will come to you as a young trainer uh who just you know they want to do the the two weeks for 300 bit or the the 30 days for 600 you know or or something like that and it's like no if I'm committed to doing this the right way and I I give a crap about the product I produce and how it looks long term, you know, because that's kind of your reputation. Like every horse that you sell or that you train for somebody, that's like a little piece of your reputation. And if you're going to just hand it off to someone who won't take care of it, has no respect for it, has no idea what it took to create it. Uh, then that's going to hurt you in the long term. It's just that simple, honestly. Exactly, and you got to understand that the the animal has a mind of its own. So whatever pro, how it doesn't matter, and we we learn this the hard way too. It doesn't matter what you can get the horse to do. That really does not matter at the end of the day. It's what will the horse do for the owner once they take control of it. And it doesn't matter again what they what the owner can do with it on lesson day. It's what can they do with it a month from now yep. when after lesson day and they've ridden it a couple times that next week and then the, the fire kind of died, the motivation kind of died, and so they just turned it out. And then, you know, three weeks later, like, oh, man, I need to go and, you know, it's a nice day out. I'm going to go get my horse out. It's what does it do for them then? And, yeah, so you have to understand that taking a horse like a two-week situation uh, like this guy that I was talking to mentioned, take going into a situation like that, you're setting yourself up for such a high, it's like a high risk, very low reward. It's really the, all the deck is stacked against you and it's not worth it. You know, mm -hmm. just, I'll sum this one up real quick. Um, but he was in a situation where this person brought him a horse last year in the spring and he put about a month of riding on it. It was a colt. He just started it. And then it went home and she rode it a little bit and then it sat all summer, all fall and most of the winter. And then she sent it back and she said, hey, I just need two weeks of tune-up on this horse and uh, I'm going to do enter it in this challenge or this uh, this kind of testing where this horse is enrolled in like the police academy type of a thing. And so she gives him this book and this is, okay, here's all the rules and this is the things the horse has to do to pass this test. And he's telling me I'm reading these rules and I'm like, man, in two weeks, even if I rode the horse through there myself, it would be a, a huge struggle to get this done because this horse is so underprepared 
It's like someone going to a personal trainer and saying, hey, there's a marathon coming to my local town in two weeks. Uh, I need you to get me ready for it. And then the, the instructor says, okay, uh, we can do that. But um, what, what's, what have you been doing to get ready for this? How much running are you doing every day? And they're like, well, um, I mean, I ran in PE when I was in school. But, you know, the last 10 years with life and work and stuff, um, that just really, you know, I haven't had time. So I haven't really done any running. But you're 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 a, a certified physical tra- uh, fitness instructor, so you can get it done, right? You know, and it's just you could take that person's money, and you know, you could kind of have a smoke screen up for a while, but after that two weeks, when they go try and do that marathon, and two miles into it, they're cramping up and they keel over and die. Well, now you've got this huge mess to clean up, and in the end, it's just not worth it. It's high risk for low reward when you have that real short-term mindset. That's probably one of the biggest business-centric takeaways from our experience up to this point is it's difficult as a young trainer to stick to your guns and really vet people who are who are coming into your operation, sending you horses for training, buying horses from you, etc. It's easy to just do the short-term approach and take the money. Um, what's really tough is to to kind of field those excuses and unrealistic expectations and kind of, in for lack of a better term, cut those off at the knees right up front. And well, say, that's very uncomfortable. Oh, yes. That's difficult. That's and, something that we've struggled with ourselves. And whether that means like timetable wise, like, look, I'm not going to be able to accomplish what you want in, in a matter of two weeks. And even if the horse is here for eight, I still, for for my own and the horse's benefit, those reasons... And yours as well. There's things you're going to have to do at home to take responsibility as well when you take the horse back, you know, or, you know, it's it's uncomfortable when somebody comes up to you and, and you have to say, well, you know, Susan, to be quite honest, this horse of yours does not fit the bill for what you're looking for, for trainability, for athletic ability, you know, like um, people will bring you horses that are the wrong breed, the wrong temperament, and just very tough nuts to crack, very untrainable, bad-minded, etc., whatever the case may be. And if they're honest and upfront about it, or if you're honest with them and they accept that and they want to go through with it anyways, and they understand what the challenges are completely, that's one thing. But to mask that over and be like, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll get him riding good and then things aren't so good you know, and it comes back to bite you and the owner in a big way. And then nobody's happy. Um, but having to feel that stuff up front and sort the good from the bad, sort the sheep from the coats, in other words, that's uncomfortable for people who are young, for people who are hungry for business, etc. But like I said, if you're not turning a lot of people away, you're not doing it right. 